Jay right in your face. Welcome back to the Fadeaway Podcast, episode number 21. This episode is brought to you guys by Ball is Life Podcast Network. I'm your host, Fetty. I got Zaid here with me. Zaid, how you doing, man? Good, man. Big 21, 21, 21, 21, big, 21. Big 21. Who's number 21? 21. Uh, Grievous Vasquez. Grievous, that's the first thing that came to my mind, yeah, too. Yeah. Grievous Vasquez. Uh, Matt Joel Thomas? Jalen B, 21? Matt Thomas? Yeah, but like, who cares? Who cares about Matt Thomas? Oh, Thomas. I thought we were just talking rap. Oh, rap is not talking about anybody, anybody. Kevin Garnett? Kevin Garnett's a big one, yeah. <laughs> damn. There's legendary 21s, actually. Yeah, big time. Uh, Tim Duncan, twenty one. No, I could 12. be tripping. Twelve. Hey, come on, there man. We there we go. There we go. Oh, uh, it's been a hey, it's been a long week. We it's got been some, a long week. We got some gloomy, gloomy rain today. I mean, we, it's only Monday, but it's a, it's been a long Monday. Well, long, long week last week, especially for for Raptors fans too, a little bit. Um, but gloomy, gloomy day today. Gloomy Monday, raining, uh, but we're back here, ready to pod, ready to talk about the yeah, Raptors we're, uh, and the NBA. The fadeaway is fifty percent vaxxed up now. You're uh, vaxxed. I'm vaxxed. I mean, thirty three. Actually, thirty three percent vaxxed. Thirty three percent vaxxed. You're one of the lucky. Uh, you're one of the lucky ones. You got your vax. Uh, I actually had to wait two and a half hours to book my vaccine today. Mm-hmm. Uh, for Americans the are probably listening. Like, wh- what, what are they talking about? Book that. Va- wait. First, the first vaccine <laughs> lockdown. <laughs> uh, man, shout out to Doug Ford, man. Great guy. Great guy. <laughs> Who was that guy that we like? Uh, it was an action Bronson. Uh, Maddie. Uh, Matty Matheson. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's Matty Matheson had a great message for Doug Ford that I think Doug should really listen to. On Joe Rogan's um, pod, if you haven't heard it, go check it out for yeah, sure. Yeah, but man, there's been a vax craze in the southern GTA right now, in southern Ontario. Yeah. In the GTA. Mm-hmm. Uh, everyone, I think uh, DJ was saying like 450,000 people ahead of him in line this morning. Yeah, yeah, me too. That's what it was like for me too. Hours. I had two and a half so hour wait. Uh, yeah, everyone. It's, it's literally like it's a famine and somebody showed up with a truck of food. Yeah. And everyone was just like, please give me the, I want the, the best thing that I heard was um, there was there, there's a there's a vaccine hunters Twitter account. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which yeah. Is, I think Those is hilarious. Are dope, though, because they're not they're like doing this strictly for community. They're not, they oh, there's money. no there's no money for this stuff. It's just out of the kindness of their own heart somehow. But I thought it was hilarious. I actually went on the Twitter account. I was looking. It was, it was just hilarious. Like they can literally they point out. Basically, they put out clinics that have extra vaccines or, yeah, or vaccines available pop-ups. around the country, too. Um, and they let you know where they're at and how many they have left and what kind it is, too, in case you're, you're curious about what kind it is. Um, hilarious. I think that's I mean, amazing. I think everyone is curious about what kind it is. Oh, there's no doubt. If you say you're not curious, you're a liar. It's you're, the first question. No it's, it's, hey, oh, you got the vaccine. What kind? It's not like, hey, how did it go? How was the weight? How was the registration? You know, did it hurt? How's your arm? And there's which kind, bro. That's gonna be the number one conversation starter for the next like five years, bro. And like, Easy. yeah, for sure, for sure. And it's gonna be one of those things. I feel like you're gonna have like a tick on your passport. It's like which whichever one you got, and then all the AZs. Everyone's gonna check your passport and like if you get like they're gonna be judged, cut eye. <laughs> like, uh, but anyways, enough of this uh, dumb COVID chat because I'm trying to get out of this COVID uh, lifestyle. Happy Easter. Yeah, happy, happy Easter. Easter to you to everybody who celebrates Orthodox Easter. Mm-hmm. Um, that was you know Sunday was a great was a great day, a nice celebration you know with a little family stuff. So, um, it's, you know it's usually easier to explain when it's like two weeks apart from the regular Easter. Yeah, but now it's a whole month. They're like, did you it's guys tougher. just wait? <laughs> did you hope that like restrictions would be up? <laughs> we had worse restrictions actually for ours. I'm pretty sure the calendar was yeah. just on one this year. Uh, but let's get into some NBA basketball. Let's start with the Toronto Raptors. None other than the Toronto Raptors. Yeah, yeah. Another uh, ten game week. Pretty, yeah. Five game week after having a one or maybe two game week the week before. 
uh, a definitely a tough week in their uh, in their in their schedule. They went two and three on the week, but they went up against uh, the Cavaliers, the Nets, um, Denver, Utah, and the Lakers. Uh, the two wins coming against the Cav- the Cavaliers and against the Lakers last first night. First and last. First and last games. Um, I saw a bunch of things this week, a bunch of different things. A lot of guys were in and out of the lineup. Um, you know, the likes of OG, the likes of uh, Fred Van Vliet. Uh, Pascal got a bunch of run. Ken Birch got a bunch of run. Kyle Lowry got a bunch of run, which I'm sure you, I know you're going to comment on. Um, but overall, honestly, not a terrible week when you look at the schedule. Two and three, I don't think they're going to get better than that. You're going against a Brooklyn team who can turn it on whenever they want. You go mm-hmm. against Denver, who has been hot, which we'll talk about later mm-hmm. on today. Um, the Jazz. The Jazz, who are have been have been very good all season, who uh, were missing Donovan Mitchell, I'm pretty sure, for that game, mm-hmm. but still managed to pull that game out. And really have been losing every other game around that one. Uh, right, that's that's, the that's besides the point. Um, but not a bad week for the Raptors. I think there's definitely things that we can address this week. I'm going to start with Kyle Lowry because, honestly – Kyle Lowry did have a pretty good week mm-hmm. compared to the rest of the season, compared for to sure. other weeks. Last night, he erupted for 37, I think it was, uh, 37 and 11. Um, it, the, the bear was poked yesterday. There was a yeah. fan heckling him in, 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 in Staples, and he went at them, right? So, Do you know why they were heckling? I don't, know what, I don't know what he was saying. I heard that he was telling them like something along the lines of, like, you guys want to give up Horton Tucker for me? Like something like kind of that. I don't want to be quoted. I'm just seeing stuff on Twitter. Yo, honestly though, like but the way is, he played that is a the, point of contention. The like, way he played though, you didn't give up Taylor Horton Tucker and KCP to get Kyle Lowry. And I mean, right now, they're probably kicking themselves for sure after that because performance. Not only is LeBron like he needs help. He's tired. But his window is also like it like LeBron next year could be a very different and I know I never you never want to bet against LeBron, never. but yeah. The guy himself said it. He's like, I'm never going to be 100% again. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't mm-hmm. know what to feel about that. You know, LeBron likes to set up, you know. Another nice narrative. The narrative. The narrative. He likes the narratives and all that. But he is getting old. I mean, he's 36 going on 37. And he does a lot on the court. So there, it takes a toll. And I think that right now they could have definitely used Kyle Lowry. But that's besides the point. Um, I'll let you continue from they here. Could, but. They could have definitely used Kyle Lowry, especially the way he was playing. A, a guy to uplift your team. Um, you know, just a little brief uh, highlight of Kyle Lowry's week um, against the Nets, uh, 24 and 37 minutes, 24 points in 37 minutes. Mm-hmm. He went 8 of 14, efficient. Um, Kyle Lowry um, against the Denver Nuggets had 25 and 7 in 33 minutes, 7 of 16 shooting. Uh, 20 five points, of, 5 rebounds. Yeah, sorry, yeah. Five, yeah, 5 rebounds, 7 assists. 7 of 16 shooting, 5 of 10 from 3. Mm-hmm. And then uh, last night, he just absolutely explodes. 12 of 20 from the field, 8 of 13 from 3. Um, 37 and 11 in 40 minutes. Bear was poked last night. Um, I know within that 5-game span, he did have a poor game. I, I think, I'm not sure if it was the Utah game. It was game. the Cleveland game. It was the Cleveland game where he only had 2 points. He still had 10 assists. Yeah. So he, uh, but he had 9 points, 3 of 9 from the, from the field. Right. So he made up for it in other ways, but didn't shoot quite well. And he definitely redeemed himself. Um, as some people in the in the fantasy group will say, the, re- the revenge game was yesterday. He definitely mm, yeah. redeemed himself. My, as, as, as much as I love Lowry playing well, and it's great for the team, it's it's... Um, I mean, it led to a win yesterday, which is mm-hmm. great. The minutes is is something still for us, not even to debate, but just just to merely talk about. 
like I said, uh, Tuesday against the, the Nets, 37 minutes. Um, Sunday against uh, the Jazz, he he put up. Where are we at? Uh, 35 minutes, and then yesterday he played 40 minutes. That's it's going to be taxing on him, man. It's mm-hmm. and, and and it's it's going to be very very taxing on his body. At this point, he's playing for next year's contract, and I don't think he needs to play 40, 35 minutes to prove that he can be a contributing person or factor on a championship team. I think everybody already knows that, and we all know that. In terms of the team, I'm I'm okay with him playing those minutes right now when Fred Van Vliet is out or if Malachi Flynn is out, which he never really is, but only in the case where Fred Van Vliet is out. If all three are healthy, I want to see some more even even minutes distributed amongst that point guard position. I don't know about you. I mean, I still think with Fred out, you could still distribute more minutes to, to a guy like Bembry. Yes. Uh, okay. Because he's often forgotten. So we'll talk about that. But um, you brought up the fantasy group and how they brought up, you know, the, the Lowry stuff and mm. Peter and, and John. And go, you know, you have to say sorry and apologize. Yeah, so they were begging for you to apologize. I, I, do, I should apologize. So I am sorry that you're incapable of watching objective Raptors basketball. <laughs> and I'm sorry that you have no clue that this man is 37 years old, deteriorating on the court in front of you, that he's not likely to come back next year. And at the end of the day, we're not even developing the guys that are coming back next year. So I don't know why Kyle Lowry in any world is playing 40 minutes with 10 games left in the season and you're three games out of a playoff spot. You're three games out of a play-in play in, spot. Play-in. Okay? So you're sitting 12th and Lowry's playing 40 minutes against the Lakers. Oh, Fred Van Vliet was out. Okay, sure. Let's take a look at the minutes. Actually, you know what? The Lakers game, I'm not even going to fret because they even they were distributed evenly given whatever. They were pretty and they good, ended up it? winning. And they ended up winning the game. So let's go back. To because yes, they lost to Brooklyn, who has every you know ability to turn it up. Yeah, they lost to Denver, who's a hot team, and they lost to Utah. And it just so happened that they led all three of these games up until the fourth quarter. They let it slip until well, they got tired. Yeah, that's that's my take at least. Yeah, until they got tired. So let's look at the Brooklyn Nets minutes distribution. So off the bench, Malachi Flynn had twenty minutes. The second highest guy was Utah Watanabe at eighteen. Then we have Gillespie eleven. Nobody else in double digits. So now we have your starters. Van Vliet played 42 minutes. Lowry, 37. And uh, Siakam, 31. And Inobi, uh, Sorry, Siakam, 35. He had 10 points in that game. And, uh, and and Inobi, 31. And then you have Flynn, 20, and nobody else in the 20s. And, I mean, let's see. Bembry, four minutes. Rodney Hood, DMPCD. Stanley Johnson, seven minutes. Mm-hmm. Freddie Gillespie, 11 minutes. Okay. I mean, Sure. <laughs> I'm not going to say Gillespie should get more minutes. He's still fresh. But you're yeah. telling me that DeAndre Bembry... Who has been a very good contributor this, this, DeAndre this week. DeAndre Bembry couldn't earn more than four minutes against the Brooklyn Nets, but Fred Van Vliet had to play 42? Yeah. You're telling me that Stanley Johnson, you know, like it looked like OG played 31 minutes. Let's see the foul trouble situation. No, he had three fouls. I don't know how early he got them, but whatever. You're telling me that Stanley Johnson couldn't break out more than seven minutes and each of your starters is playing at least 35. Like, there's something missing here, bro. Okay? That's Brooklyn. What was the next game after that? Denver, right? Yeah. Let's look at Denver. Okay. First things first. First guy off the bench, Utah Watanabe, 18 points, 18 minutes. And then you have Brembry, 13 minutes, increased a little bit. Rodney Hood, 12. Gillespie, 12. Stanley Johnson, 10. So now you have a group of, like, five guys playing anywhere between, like, 13 to 15, and then mm-hmm. Kyle Lowry, 33, 34, 32, 36, 31. So it's like 30s, 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 teens, teens, teens. Right. 
I don't know, like, why we have to go through this every single week and why this guy just started last year in the bubble. And it's funny because we started out as having one of the best benches. Yeah. Which is now our starting lineup. So our bench production was actually what made us what we are. And then fast forward, he's now just riding the starters. Last mm-hmm. year in the playoffs against the Celtics, seven-game series, he rode the starters to their death. The, the most concerning thing, I mean, in a, in, in a playoff series, I understand. You want to ride your starters. Bench definitely does but help. He messed having, it up. Having a productive bench definitely does help, and you absolutely need a productive bench in the playoffs. You want to ride your starters in the playoffs a little bit, that's fine. You're playing life or death. You're, 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 it's either you're in or you're out. You're winning or you're losing or you're going home, right? So you want to ride the starters out? Fine. I, I, I appreciate that. Go ahead and do it. What I'm just confused about right now is Fred Van Vliet is playing 42 minutes one game and then sitting out from a hip injury the next game. And it's like, what are, you, what are we really doing to help him? If, I mean, whether it's he's actually injured and he needs to heal or whether he's actually just sitting down just because there's no need for him to be playing this much. Regardless, if you're sitting him out, you don't need to be playing him 42 minutes the game before or 41 minutes the game, the, the game after or 40 minutes the, and then the next game. That's not. I don't think it's going to do anything for him, for his rhythm. I don't think it's going to do anything for him, for his conditioning. He needs to sit out. He needs to heal. He needs to be 100%. You want to give him some rhythm minutes? Give him 25 minutes a game. Give him 30 minutes a game. Because at this point, you're two games out of a playing spot, like we said. It doesn't look good for you because the schedule is pretty tough. It doesn't look like you're going to be a playoff team this year. And you're competing to play Brooklyn or Philly. Exactly. So you're competing. You're, you're shooting yourself in the foot. What I do like, and I and I, I do think the minutes need to go down a little bit, but I do like Pascal getting run because Pascal's healthy. He needs Pascal the needs the run. Pascal needs to develop. Let him take that run. I like giving OG the run because OG is healthy. OG needs the run. He's proven that he can really be a great offensive weapon when he gets the minutes and he gets the touches. So I'm okay with those minutes. Kyle Lowry minutes, we don't need him to play 35 to 40 minutes. I, I'd rather take him down to 32, 33, and give the extra seven minutes to Malachi Flynn, who, by the way, is going to be here next year, who's probably going to be your backup point guard next year, who is going to need to be able to lead an offense next year. So you should probably invest some time in him so that next year he's ready. Bembry is very capable. Bembry is extremely capable, and I've been saying that all year. And I thought he gave great minutes in the Utah game, uh, and he played a lot of the first half. I think he got more the majority of his minutes, his minutes in the first half. And then Nick Nurse rolled the starters in the second half, and the lead slipped away from the starters because they're tired. You're playing guys 40 minutes, 40 minutes off back-to-backs. You're playing guys— Five games in a week. Five games in a week. You're giving them 37-plus minutes. They're going to be tired. Ken Birch, bro, even Ken Birch is tired. Ken Birch has been playing 30-plus minutes since he's gone to the Raptors, and sometimes he's in the high 30s. Mm-hmm. Last game, yesterday he went one for six. Yeah, and he only played 20, 26 minutes last 29 game. 29 minutes. Because yeah. he's tired. His legs are heavy. He didn't play in Orlando. He didn't have the conditioning in Orlando. Stop running these guys into the ground. It makes zero sense for you yeah. to keep on and, doing this and in look a losing at, situation. Look at Gillespie's stat line. In 10 less minutes, he had more points and just two less rebounds. 11.7 rebounds. Like, we have guys. That's There's guys. Me. There's guys available. Look, Bembry, in that, in that Lakers game last night, got yeah. 24 minutes, 14 points, 8 rebounds, 3 steals. Mm-hmm. This is right there. The yeah. proof is in the pudding, yeah. Nicholas. And, and and it's not saying that Gillespie's better than Ken Birch at all. It's just saying there's guys who are available and guys who are ready to contribute. You don't have to rely okay. yeah. on your starters, Here, on your five starters every single night to play 40-plus minutes, 45-plus minutes when you get tired. To, and, and this is because I mentioned John earlier, but John 
responded to our tweet about the the minutes thing. Yeah, and he's like, "Well, what's Nick Nurse supposed to do?" Right. We should pull that tweet up just so you can see it. We'll yeah, we'll put it up. We'll put it up. We'll put it up. He's like, "What's Nick Nurse supposed to do?" Uh, he's the coach. Well, he's supposed to figure it out. He's supposed to look at his roster, see who he has, what their strengths and weaknesses are, and figure out how to play people in a more you know. Inclusive. I don't want to say inclusive, but a more balanced. You're schedule. supposed to set your guys up for for success. If that means giving them less minutes so that they can be more productive, that means giving them less minutes. If that means giving guys on the bench more run so that they can be more more productive, that means giving them more run. The guys on the bench have, you know, have proven that when they're freer and they're, they're the coach trusts them, they can play well and they can contribute. Yeah, and they've done that throughout the season where the, the leash isn't short. But once Nick Nurse. Yanks them for no reason or for, for one bad shot or for one miss. The, the confidence is gone. The minutes are gone. They're not going to look forward to playing the game because they're going to be scared every time they're on the court. So, I mean, the minutes, we can, we can harp on and on about the minutes. Um, I think that's what's being – that's what's I the, the Achilles heel. I honestly losing them games. Yeah, that's, that's, the, that's what I'm saying. That's what is the Achilles heel for the Raptors. They're just tired at the end of games. They've had poor shooting nights this week because there's just no legs. They're shoot, they shot 40%. Um, in one of the games, I'll, I'll get it for you right now. They shot forty percent. I think it was against Brooklyn. They shot forty percent. You can't afford to shoot forty percent from the field against Brooklyn because they're going to outscore you, even if they play poor defense. If if they're not a great defensive team, but if you're not going to be shooting well, you're giving them the game. Mm-hmm. You're handing it to them. So you can't afford to have heavy legs. You can't afford, especially in this compact season where you're playing five games in seven nights, where you're playing back to back so so often. You yeah. can't afford to be riding these guys forty minutes plus. Yeah, so one thing you mentioned now is the efficiency in the shooting. And you tweeted this earlier this week from our account. You said uh, Pascal needs a shot in his game because he's so unmatched um, size-wise mm. in terms of, like, he's too small for the fours that he goes up against. Mm-hmm. He needs yeah, a shot. it was against AD. Okay. But he did well against AD. Versus, uh, I, I, don't think it was, it was, I don't think it was against AD that I tweeted that, but a lot of times there are times yeah. where he's too small at the four, but he did well. He needs to develop a jump shot. Yeah. Okay. So I want to, I want to show you that I saw this on Twitter. This is uh field goal percentage, three point percentage, two point percentage and effective field goal percentage. Yeah. So 2018. So we're going to go field goal percentage first, 2018, 19 Pascal was 55% from the field mm-hmm. this year. He's 45%. So that's a 10% decrease. It's been tough. It's 3% been tough 2018, 37% this year, 30%. That's a 7% decrease. Mm-hmm. Two point. He went from 60% in 2018 to 51 this year. So, yeah. so 602, 505 will round that 10% decrease. Yeah, we'll and then his effective field goal percentage went down from 59 to 49%. Another 10%. And these are drastic drops. It, but that, and I get it. 2018. Um, you had Kawhi. Okay, so it's let's, tough, man. So 1920 is in here. Yeah. And where you're the number one guy, you're the all. It's also all star season that, that that season. Yeah, and I'm not gonna lie to you, the numbers are similar. There are a bit bit of drops. Like for example, his three point percentage went from 36 to 30. That's that's, that's a pretty a big, that's, significant that's a drop. Big drop. That's a big his drop. His two point percent went from 59 to 51 the year he was the guy, mm-hmm. and then 51 down to 49. So not that bad, but you're still going down in your two point percentage. You're still going down in your effective field goal. You're going down six percent in your three point shot. Mm-hmm. Like this, there, the, there's got to be some sort there's, of accountability. There's there, there definitely needs to be accountability. And I think the, the the issue is nobody wants to give accountability to the players or to the coach. And when we call out guys, like people are like, oh, you're hating, you're hating. It's slandered. No, there's there's stats right there telling you that it, there's been drops. There's there's things when you watch the game that you you see. They're like you're like yo, 
Pascal could have made that shot last year. Pascal made a name off of the corner three and now can't shoot the corner three. Yeah. So there's things happening right in front of you that show that we're just giving accountability to guys. Now, do I think this your your the stats tell the full story? No. One year you have Kawhi, um, you're 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 shooting less, you're playing less. You're more, you're also, getting, defenses you're more aren't focusing on and you. Defenses aren't focused on you. So it's going to get harder as you become the main guy. Am I mad at the percentages? Yeah, they're a bit low. Pascal, and I tweeted this too, Pascal shows you signs that he can be a star every few games. Every three or four games, he'll bust out a 37-point night, 39-point night like, like, like he did yesterday. Yesterday, I was like, this matchup with him and AD at the four is so unfair. Luckily, I mean, luckily for Pascal, AD was coming back from injury. He's a bit slow, didn't look comfortable at all. And Pascal was shooting well, shooting mid-range jump jump shots, mm-hmm. shooting threes, getting to the basket. He was playing so well, and you saw glimpses of his stardom. But sometimes you, you just don't see it, and sometimes the, the the shots don't seem to fall for him, or he just doesn't seem like he knows what his game is yet. And that's where the issue lies. The issue lies is that he's never consistent over a solid stretch or... Um, you know, a, a, a big a big sample size of games. It's either one every three games he'll give you a star performance um, and nothing else other than that. He doesn't give you a 10-game stretch where he's playing like this for 10 straight games. And that's where the issue lies. If you're going to be the number one guy, if you're going to be the guy, I don't mind at all. I think Pascal has the tools. I think he's got the great size, great body, great athleticism. He can look a bit uncoordinated at times, which is which is okay. He's, still, he's not raw, but he's still learning. But he's got all the tools to be a star. And he can do it. I just don't think it's been there for him this season, and he has a lot of work to do. And I mean, yesterday against the Lakers, he had a fantastic game. He looked he, great. He was shooting the ball in the Atlantic Ocean, like they say. And and I'm not expecting him to give us 36 every night, but I think Pascal can figure out a way to get you 26 to 27 points tonight. Mm-hmm. At the end of the day, he's still a mismatch for a lot of the guys that he goes up. He's against. quicker than them and more athletic than all. You know, of them. like we're talking about the the mismatch on one end. He's also a mismatch offensively. He just, I think. I don't know. He just needs to focus this summer on, and you know what? I'll give him the benefit of the doubt because the last two years, tough. Years. I don't really tough know if years, there was man. an off season and how long the off season and travel restrictions and bubble and being away from the family. I'll be, I'll be like, and that's why I think it's it's not bad to not make the plan. I think that this it's a great break. This off season is good for everyone to just get everything back to normal. Yeah, figure out your living situation again, where you're going to be next year. Hopefully, they have a better idea, mm-hmm. but. I mean, I, I am going to give him the benefit of the doubt this year, but he's got to really step it up next year. A, because it's been almost two years now of this mediocre basketball from the main guy. Yeah. And yeah. number two, and f- honestly, most importantly, is he's not young. He's 27, 28. So if you waste another year. What are we going to go from here? Gonna, he's going to go, we're going to wait till he's 29 to change his style of play. Yeah. I don't know. It's got to it's got to happen quick. I don't think he, he doesn't need to change his style of play. He just needs to have more offensive tools. You can't rely on matchups to dictate or determine whether you're going to be effective tonight or not. Last night he had Montrez Harrell guarding him. Montrez Harrell isn't a good one-on-one defender. Montrez is a, is a, is a, he's a hustle and great guy. Decent rim protector, but he's a terrible defender. He's a terrible one-on-one defender, and Pascal ate his they food. He got exposed last he year cooked, against he, the Nuggets. He, he, Pascal, exactly, and Pascal cooked him yesterday. So it was an easy matchup for Pascal. AD wasn't really guarding him. AD didn't play much. It was an easy matchup for Pascal to take advantage of yesterday. This needs to be something he does every single game. You look like I mean, like I hate to draw comparisons, and we draw we we didn't draw this comparison last week, but we talked about it. Julius Randle, same thing. Four spot, new new star, just budding. Um, just becoming a, a great star in this league, he does this every night. He didn't have, he hasn't really had many off nights 
this season. That's what Pascal needs to really and, go and towards. Mind you, Julius is getting far more attention defensively because he doesn't have a Fred Van Vliet. He doesn't have a Kyle Lowry on his mm-hmm. team. I'm not saying He's that we have a great team, but there. you still have guys that can score. You still like New York has got Reggie Bullock and like Emmanuel quickly. Like Emmanuel quickly still a very young guy. D Rose coming off their bench. Yeah, they got R J Barrett, who's they not don't, really much of a shooter. I think like, the Raptors Julius, have better tools, better better guys around Pascal than yeah, the Knicks. I do just it. I just think Julius has a harder yeah I agree challenge, and, and he's coming up. Big, like we're and, not asking you to be a all star starter, but man, like you don't go from all star starter to, to not nothing. even all star. Yeah, and, and it's not only that; it's, it's not only the offensive end; it's the defensive end. He could not keep Bogdanovich in front of him against Utah. Like zero chance, zero chance. That's just funny because Bogdan Boyan doesn't even move. He move. only stays in front of you. He just shoots. He's a shooter. He's a shooter. And if you can't go to a shooter, like what are you, what are you doing? And Julius Randle, you make the, we're going to keep on making this comparison because I think it's a great benchmark for Pascal to aim for. Julius Randle is on a defensive-minded team. If you don't play defense, you're going to get called out by your coach. You're, you're not going to play. And 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 for Julius Randle to be able, I'm not saying he's a stellar defender, but for him to be able to hold his own on defense and contribute like the way he's been doing on offense, Pascal needs to do the same thing. If you if if you could have one thing Pascal could come back next year with, what would be the one thing like? Forget everything else. Just the one thing that you think would be the most beneficial to improve. I'm not going to say defense because team defense has been poor this year. I think that's a Nick Nurse thing. Um, I'm going to just say, I'm going to say shooting. He's he needs to shoot. And when I, mean, when I say shooting, it's got to be from everywhere on the floor, mid range, three point, uh, close to the basket. You need to be able to diversify your offensive game. So you need. I know he's good in the paint. I know he's great in the paint. I know he takes advantage of. Of small uh, small guys on him, mismatches offensively, but once you have guys who can really guard and are locking you up, you need to be able to shoot. That's my thing. I don't know about you. Yeah. So uh, to your point, I heard. Uh, I think I think it was the Julius Randle interview, but there was an interview about, uh, and I think I'm gonna say it was Julius Randle, but he was talking about like the difference between last year and this year for him, or all the last years and this year. He's like, I never had. A middle game. He's like, I had a three game, yep. and I had a post game. Yep. I never had the they call it the tweener game, and like it's if a you, rage game. If you like, actually like rewind ten years, being a tweener was like a disadvantage, and that's what Draymond Green talks about. He's like, I was labeled a tweener, meaning I was too small to be a, a a center. Yeah. But I was like too big to be a guard. Yeah. And there was a point in time, Tyler Hansbro, yeah. uh, Kelly Olynyk, all these guys, right? Uh, there was a time where that was a disadvantage, right? Kelly's so killing it, by the way. That, that Kelly is, is killing it, absolutely. Shout to Kelly. But to that point, like you need that in-between game, right? So, I, like you said exactly, but for Listen, me... Listen, man. Oh, sorry, before, before, I, before I, we talk about the tween game, we talk about the mid-range game, the, the, you know, that, that, that not three but not to the basket game. You look at all the stars in this league, all the star wings, all the star guards, they can all shoot mid-range jump shots. They're really good. Like I'm talking about the Paul Georges, the Kawhi Leonard's, Jason Tatum, Jason Jalen Tatum, Brown, Jalen Brown. Lillard, these CJ guys. McCollum. When they don't get the space to shoot the three, or when they're covered up, when we got maybe a double team or something like that, playing them all the way up at the three point line, they can pull up and shoot a mid range. You need a mid range game to be able to be a star in this league because it's honestly a go to shot for a lot of players. I know a lot of people have said, it, or I mean, science or whatever the, the analytics say, it's not a good shot. All the stars in the league have a mid range game. Unless you're just that dominant, like maybe like a, a Giannis that you can just power over people. Yeah. Um, if you don't have that power, you need a mid-range game. Yeah, I mean that's that's absolutely true. And for me, if if I could have one thing from him, as much as I want it to be like a forty percent three-point uh, f- 
percentage. Mm. Uh, I would say the number one thing is I want him to come back next year at least twenty to twenty five pounds heavier. Ooh. I want to see. I want to see yoked Pascal. Yeah. Joel Embiid is from the same country, and the man was a stick when he came in. Can we put up a, 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 a rookie picture? Joel a rookie, yeah, we'll put up Joel a rookie. Embiid was a stick. Yeah, and he put on some heavy weight. Shaq was a stick. But you're talking about when centers. he came into the league, bro. Fives? You're talking about fives. Okay, fine. Forget Shaq. But I said Joel because they're from the same country. So <laughs> you should be able to get it done, bro. Like there's there's the, that's it. There's no it's genetic. Like you have to be able to get that. But I think twenty to twenty five pounds of muscle, man. Maybe I don't know if that's a lot. That's a lot. I'll 10 say to 15, 15. 10 to 15. 10 to 15, 10 to whatever. 15. Peter can give us his expert opinion on how much <laughs> is the perfect amount to gain. But I think if Pascal gets yoked stronger, it'll A, give him confidence. B, it'll help his post game immensely. And how many times do we see him just like finishing so weak at the rim? Like going away or finger diving. roll or falling over. No, no, no. I think Pascal needs to get a little bit bigger because right now, he is looking a little bit like a too small to be a big, too big to be a guard kind of guy. Yeah. In an awkward way, though. So I think maybe a little bit more muscle and um, and just practice in the offseason, bro. And Before we move on from Raptors. I want to see Yoke Pascal. That would be jokes. That would be, be, be <laughs> Can you imagine? That would be impressive. Before we move on from Raptors basketball, um, quick shout-out to a bunch of guys who have been killing it. And I, I don't want to make it a quick shout-out. Honestly, I actually want to talk about it a little bit. OG Ananobi. Uh, PK, that was a great investment you made in the OG jersey a few years ago. We honestly, we kind of were like, uh, Kiro, I don't know if you should get this OG jersey. I don't know. He's he was no, still young. I was there. I, I was there. I was a bit. I was a bit questionable uh, or questioning that decision. Um, I think earlier this year when he signed that deal, we're like, Kiro, great investment, buddy. That's like that's like a, that jersey's gonna last you I a think while. The funny, the funny thing is, it had more to do with Chance the Rapper than it did OG. And he and didn't OG. even like OG. I don't know if he even liked OG that <laughs> I much. Think OG it was a three. Was just, he just happened to be number three. <laughs> exactly, yeah. but. Oh, uh, there you go. Um, but listen, OG's been killing it this week, man. Uh, he had 20 and 5 in 32 minutes against uh, the Cleveland Cavaliers, 21, 6 and 6 in 32 minutes against the Nets, shooting 9 of 15. Uh, against the Nuggets, 25 points, 5 of 5 from the free throw line, and 4 for 8, for, uh, four for eight from 3. Uh, so he's just playing efficient basketball. A lot of people say he can't dribble. He's playing with a lot of consistency, too. Playing very consistent. A lot of people say he can't dribble. I know that's the biggest knock on him. Um, I've seen some takes where he's driven to the basket and been able to body guys out of the way. and where He crossed up KD and dunked on him, too, against in the Brooklyn game. That, too. But nobody wants to talk about that. I get it. He's still a bit raw in his ball handling skills. Once again, everybody, every player has something they can work on. Uh, against Utah, he had... Uh, 17 points in 40 minutes. Not that great of a game. He went 7 of 17 from the field. Uh, but I will give him a pass on that because he's been pretty stellar all season. He's made that jump this season, I really think so. And I think it's been kind of clouded by the Raptors' lack of success. A lot of... I, I said I think he needs to average 15 to 17 points a game to make this contract uh, worth it. Um, I think he's right there. I think he's averaging maybe 17 on the season. I don't season. know. He had a pretty slow start. So outside of that slow start... He's been he's been well overplaying been, his been, value for the in my most opinion. for the most part he's been defending all five positions he's been really active on defense and you you have to love how how he's been able to lock down guys I um I, I saw a bunch of videos on Twitter about him locking down Kemba Walker who was not an easy guard um especially at the size difference the speed difference the quickness difference it's yeah. tough to stay in front of a guy like that um by the way prior to the Utah game he had seven. Mm. Six straight twenty point games, twenty plus point games, and that's what I'm talking about. He's really made that leap, shooting efficiently from three. 
He's able to put the ball on the floor better this year, and I think he's going to only improve from that aspect. Next year, I'm excited for that trio of, of, of Fred Van Vliet, Pascal, and OG if they're healthy. And Gary Trent. Gary Trent. You throw him in the starting lineup, hopefully. Um, uh, that's Hopefully you bring him back in general. That's the biggest thing. Um, so that's my OG love. I don't know if you have any OG love that, that's different from mine. Yeah, no, I mean, OG, I, I was saying from the beginning of the year, I think we got him for a steal, and I think he's going to definitely outgrow his contract. Because yeah. I'm telling you right now, if OG played this season and was up for extension this summer, it would be a would way different story. Yeah. I, I just think he would. Yeah. Maybe you get into the whole discussion of all oh, the list of free agents, whatever, but I guy at that size with that defensive ability, with that – 40% from three, and you're clutch represented, you're going to get more money yeah, that's after, true. after the year he just had. So I definitely think we got him for a steal. There's no question there. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess Raptors love I want to give out is DeAndre Bembry because, oh, I mean, for a, guy who, who, for a guy who has been through the ringer, really one game you're getting three minutes, one game you're not playing at all, he's always ready to game, and he's always ready to come out and play hard. And that was what I loved seeing, like the, the ball movement against the Lakers last night. He's an incredible passer. A lot of I people don't really – I love it. I don't think that, that – I feel like that's an underappreciated part of his game is his his uh he's smart, his man. vision on the he's court so and his smart. passing ability. He's so smart is IQ. He's always knows where to be. He knows and where he the ball a, should he's be. He's explosive. Remember that one take last Ooh. night? He just to the rim. Just Ooh. broke right Damn. to the rim. Like it was it, he mm-hmm. I mean, Bembry is a guy who I think should be at least the second guy off the bench consistently, if not the first guy off the bench. Right. I get it depends on who's healthy, depends on the lineup and all that. But there's no reason for there to be a healthy team or even a non-healthy team where he gets four minutes, yeah, seven minutes a night. DeAndre Bembry is a much better player than that. And I think I honestly think it's disrespectful. And he's he's active defensively too, man. He's not a small. He's what six five, six six, big frame. Mm-hmm. Knows how to play defense. Can really bother a lot of guards when they're when they're handling the ball. And in like like he's just so smart. He knows where to be all the time, and he knows where to slash to, or sorry where to cut to all the time. He knows where he knows where to be. In t- who knows where to be how to, and how to space the floor for other guys on the court. So, mm-hmm. you know, I think I agree with you. He should be an upper echelon bench kind of guy. You know, maybe maybe not second. I mean, depends what's coming off the bench. You, you, when when Chris Boucher is help, uh, healthy and playing, um, he's a great bench guy to have. Malachi Flynn is a great bench guy to have. But right up there with him is, I think, should be Bembry. I think he should be getting minutes over Stanley, uh, over Yuda, I think, as well. As much as we love Yuda, I think Bembry is just so much more polished, so much more confident. Knows where to be, knows how to, where to be in the offense, um, and he's always ready. He's always ready, always yeah. ready to hoop. Um, For sure. Couple more things before we we we, we finish. Uh, we gave some love to Gillespie. I'll reiterate that love. Um, I don't know if I think we already congratulated him on the two year deal. Yeah. Um, so that's very well, well earned by him. He's been playing great in his limited minutes. Shows a lot of great signs, man. He's very active. Knows how to cut. Um, I think he's getting more comfortable, and he's. I don't think he exactly grasps the Raptors offense yet um, or NBA basketball or NBA basketball. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I think he's getting better with, with for every sure. Game. I mean, if you can put up 11 and seven being discombobulated in an, yeah. in an NBA game yeah. against the Lakers too. Like I think that you, you have a bright future, especially coming from where he came from. But uh, I want to transition from the Raptors because I want to talk a little uh, last, last, last quick love Ken Birch. Oh, yeah. Ken Birch. Um, it's a career highs this week, career right? highs multiple times this week, been playing extremely well, um, Nick Nurse challenged him to be able to actually bring up the ball mm-hmm. um, after getting the rebound. Do and, more. I, and he's, yeah, to do more. And he's done that. Um, I think he doesn't play too much out of himself, when, uh, out of his role when he does bring up the ball. I, I, he's had a few times where he's been able to bring up the ball, lead a fast break. I know one game, uh, one of the passes against Utah led to a, uh, a Wan Nabi dunk. 
which is beautiful. Um, but yeah, Birch has been balling. He has 17, 11, and 6 in one of those games. D- despite, despite the last game uh, against the Lakers, extremely tired. I understand it. I'm going to give him the pass on that because he has not underperformed in any game he's played since joining the Raptors. Um, he's earned that starting starting five position, and he's proven that he can hold it down. Yeah. Um, and the Raptors look very good with him at the five, so appreciate you, Cam. Absolutely. Let's move on. Let's move on. From the Raptors, uh, let's talk some play in action because the Lakers are now seventh in the Western Conference, which or fifth, means depending how you look at it, they're I, tied. They're three-way the, tie. What I saw was that they have the tiebreaker lost, and they're oh, just they? sitting in seventh. Oh, uh-huh, okay. So let's assume. Let's assume they're in seventh. Yeah, right now they're in seventh for the sake of this argument. Okay. Last night after they lost, and presumably the Kang found out that they were seventh, he went and he goes, you know, why don't we just chop the season short, let the last four or five teams play each other five times, figure the standings out from there. Why do we, after playing a whole season... You do a play-in. I agree with that portion. I'm not going to lie to you. I do agree with it mm. uh, because I do think that, you know, you play all year to get your positioning. And, like, for example, in the West, it's a little tighter. But, like, in the East, like, the seventh seed is probably... Let's check it out. There's no need for probabilities the, the issue, here. The issue the, is, the, is the, the seventh, the, for the seventh and the eighth seed. Why do I have to The 10th seed and the seventh seed are six games apart. Yeah, it's And now you're enough. giving the 10th seed equal opportunity as, as the one six games better. I think that maybe if you want to do it, implement it as we're going to have a play-in if you're within a, a certain, certain amount. amount of games, which would make it a little bit more fair. But regardless, he goes, whoever created this thing needs to get fired. Yeah. Uh, so he's clearly a little bit mad. That's wild. He's he's mad. Yeah. Uh, last week, Dallas dropped the seventh. Mark Cuban was mad about the play-in. They're all mad about the play-in. Yeah, they're Once all mad they're about there. it. Yeah. But yeah. you signed off on this before you came. Mark Cuban, not LeBron. Both, all of them. The MBPA signed off okay. on this, yeah. And he, who's going to sign the MBPA without LeBron's backing? You yeah. need to make your money. You understand that. Mm. It's unfortunate. Yeah. But you're working and you're making millions of dollars. You want to talk unfortunate in COVID? Let's start talking unfortunate, LeBron. Like, you're still playing. You signed off on this deal. And that's what I don't like about these guys. Like, there's no surprise here. You, you know like, about this. It's not like Adam Silver came out last week and was like, yeah, you know, playing. Yeah. Come on. You signed off on it. You knew this was coming. Mm. It, is it the best thing? I personally don't think so. But nope. a lot of people will tell you it's great for the product. Because it now. Is. It is great. There's so many less teams dogging it. Because think about it. Even now, there's teams dogging it. Like, the Raptors, I'm watching every game because I love the Raptors. But there's no. They're not playing for the playoffs. There's no sense of hope. There. And, and the, <laughs> the Raptors are probably on the questionable side. You have a team like. Like uh, go, like not Golden State. Golden Who's uh, Sacramento? Yeah, these guys aren't playing for the playing, bro. Like who? Why am I? Why am I blanking? Who's the bottom of the conference? The in Pelicans the, in the West. Pelicans, they're not playing for no playing. They've got the some Thunder. Great, they've got some great performers though. It's hilarious. Right now, the Rockets, Thunder, and the Wolves are at the bottom, eliminated already. Yeah, yeah. none of their games matter. Yeah, the, the Thunder aren't even playing Lou Dort, and uh, well, I think they have the worst team in, the, in NBA history. Yeah, but whatever. Sacramento Pelicans, all these teams, like th- there's no like, it's better because look, the Pelicans are 11th. Mm-hmm. They're three games or two and a half games out. If they're 11th right now with no playing, do you think they care about this league? No, I don't no. know. But now you have the 11th seed. You have a chance fighting. Yeah, you have the 10th seed. Fighting. So, yes, it does make the product a little bit more interesting. I think it's a lot of fatigue. Maybe in a regular season where you're not playing five games a week, it could yeah. be a little bit better. Yeah. Um, but what do you think about LeBron's comments, man? Like, 
first of all, last week or a couple weeks ago, he made that comment of like, uh, you're next. Then he deleted his tweet about the We're police officer. We're not going to get into We're that, not, that no, at all. No, no. But then he deletes the tweet. But then he and then he caught a lot of criticism for like, yo, you can't you can't just speak out like this and say this about people like whatever. Fast forward a couple weeks, whoever created this should be fired. I, it just sounds like a big baby to me. I, I want to hear your opinion, but it just sounds like a lot of complaining coming from the Kang. We talk about this stuff from a fan's perspective, and very rarely do we ever look at it from a player's perspective. You know, Kang, obviously, fighting injuries. Yesterday, he looked awful. Yeah. He's Raptors. looked since he's come back. Since he's, he's come awful. back, he's looked awful. He... You, I think you said it when we were watching yesterday. He's like, LeBron just looks old. Like, he's moving. He runs old. He's moving old. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, from LeBron's perspective, I understand it. It is pretty lame to have to play this short season, 72 games, I think it is, and then add on extra games. From from LeBron's perspective, I think that's – it sucks. It sucks to have to play sure. such overtime. Um, it also sucks, to be honest, for the teams that are in the 7th and 8th seed because in any other season – I'm in the playoffs. Yeah. Why do I have to keep on fighting for a playoff spot? Mm-hmm. I don't need to prove that I need that I need to earn a playoff spot because I'm the seventh and the eighth seed. I shouldn't need to be playing the nine and ten seed, right? So that's another thing. I just think this is the wrong season to implement this kind of format. It's 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 rushed. We've already seen a plethora of injuries for the players uh, this season, and that could be due to shorter training camp, more runtime, uh, more games, and less nights. Um, so it's definitely a grind. A COVID grind injuries, COVID, COVID, COVID yeah, taking COVID people protocol, so you have right. to play more. And AD and LeBron are just coming back; they're not comfortable. The team obviously is frustrated. They've dropped maybe six seven, of seven. Six of seven. There it is. They've dropped six of seven. It's not a good time for them. Obviously, LeBron is going to come out and say, "I mean, I don't think he should have went as extreme as he went. Should have been fired." Like, who? I mean, who are you to say who should be hired or fired? That's what I mean. I, bro. I understand that. Um, but but we. But I feel like society's made it okay for this guy to just come out and say you should get fired for that. It's like, yo, LeBron, you have millions and millions of followers. You have people who they'll listen to anything that you say, man. And like, that's the unfortunate part. So it's not about what LeBron says or doesn't say. It's about what how society allows him to, or doesn't allow yeah, him to say. Yeah, but he should be that's cognizant of the fact that I have a platform that has this many people and I influence this many. He knows this. Mm-hmm. Le- that's why LeBron doesn't just go put his name on anything. LeBron can go transform a business overnight. It could be the crappiest product. Yeah. You throw the LeBron logo, that a multi-million dollar business. And he knows that. Mm. So when you go on and say this guy should be fired, come on, tough, bro. Tough. Not, not the exact. You're such a baby. Not you the right signed thing. off on this. I think it. I, I think what's uh, – I, I, I honestly, I, I agree with LeBron and his opinion on it as a player. I don't agree with the statement saying he should be fired. Who yeah. knows what – Like, it, I'm sure it's not one person who made He's that rule. Baby. It's a bunch of people. It is great – for a casual viewer viewership, it's great for fan viewership because it creates it creates so much more excitement. That that one to ten table in the West, that playoff series, that play every single playoff series in the West is going to be exciting because the teams match up so well. Even in the play, and we saw yesterday, it they're all great matchups. So it's exciting for a fan, for a player. I understand his frustration. Um, anybody's and it's, it hasn't only been LeBron coming out saying these games are lame. It's, it's whoever's in seventh. Whoever's in seventh. Yeah, they don't want to <laughs> do it. Whoever's up, they don't want to do it. What I, I'm going to flip it honestly, and go to a different statement that LeBron made, because I don't know. I I don't disagree with this statement. A lot of people and a lot of players. I saw Candice Parker and Grant Hill comment on this, and they almost refuted LeBron saying this. LeBron was saying. 
they're asking him how he'll come back or how what, uh, what percent does he think he's at coming back from his ankle injury. And he went on and said, I don't think I'll ever be 100% LeBron. Weird flex. Weird. Okay, yeah, weird flex, but okay. Um, kind of weird for somebody to say that in general, but LeBron loves creating the narratives, loves creating the stories. Always maybe wants to put some sort of cushion for himself uh, to fall back on in case he doesn't win the championship this year or whatever it may be. A lot of people disagree with this statement saying, oh, LeBron, he's just coming back. He's frustrated. To be honest, I believe it. I don't think he's going to be 100%. And because when you're 37 years old, 36 years old, coming from an ankle injury, we've seen him go through two major injuries in the last three seasons. One of them was the quad. Uh, this season has been the ankle that's made him see severe time away from the game. It's your body. Your body, as you grow older, no matter who you are, it's father time. Always, always, always wins. Undefeated. Undefeated father time. It just he, so happens that he combated father time for a while. but He was able to do it maybe. And he still is, bro. He, no, no, no. He put a 20, 25-8-8 this year. Don't get me wrong. A, a 75% LeBron is still head and shoulders above 90% there's no doubt he's just that great it's just I don't think we're ever going to be able to see 100% LeBron he's not athletically you know there enough anymore we've seen him miss and get rim stuffed at dunks that we've we've never seen that before but we saw it this season yeah I just don't think he's ever going to be that healthy and that's not a knock on him at all I think he's still going to be great but like we said before earlier they could have used a Kyle Lowry they could have used somebody else for LeBron to really lean on and then now you have AD coming back from injury. Who he looks terrible. He looks he's had awful. The low, he's had their lowest plus let minus. Me, let me let me let me right? do something here. AD has shot thirty nine percent since his return, lower free throw rate, and a lower percentage of his shots coming from in the paint. What did I tell you? He's shooting more. He's tired. He's not comfortable. He's not playing his game as much as he used to. I think to. he's just not even tired. I think he's afraid of physical contact now. That's why like he went to the four. Or yeah, or he's four. shooting more. Like he doesn't want to bang it in there with the bigs. Like especially this nope. year, there's a lot of very very good big men. Oh, and they're the higher the MVP candidacy yeah. right now. So for the Lakers, it's it's going to be a very interesting playoff push and playoff run that they're going to make. And Andre Drummond, everyone thought that was going to be a great acquisition, and I'm sure it is. Um, you know, having a player of his of his talent is a great acquisition. But seeing AD and LeBron come back from injury has been extremely tough. Um, I'm, I am a bit concerned about the Lakers, especially given, you know, the Clippers are, are, are a low-key, you know, they've, they've been low-key doing very well. Denver yeah. Nuggets have been hot, which let's get to the Denver Nuggets right now. Yeah, let's do it. They've won nine of the last ten games, I think it is. Mm-hmm. Um, even with Jamal Murray being out, I thought that was going to ruin their chances for the season. They've been hot since. They've been hot. Michael Porter Jr. picking up the slack. Um, Austin Rivers, who, when I saw him get signed, I thought that was a great signing for a team like Denver. Yep, for sure. I don't really know why the Knicks let him go. I I, I think Composito's been great. Composito is like one of my one of my one of my fan favorite kind of players. He's exactly he's so, what Pablo Prigioni wanted to be. He's pesky. <laughs> he's he's smart. He knows how to play the game. He's been a professional for a very long time playing yep. uh, overseas. No, he's thirty. He's a thirty year old rookie. That means he's been pro for at least fifteen years. Exactly. So at he least. has experience, and he gets in. He gets into guys' grills like he's been. Getting into beefs with guys like Damian Lillard and, and all these other star point guards. I, I love it. So they're a very well-rounded team. Um, I love what um, I, um, their coach, Coach Malone, yeah, uh, Malone. What, what he had said. Uh, he's like, what did you think? We we're going to fold when Jamal Murray got injured? Like, bro, we're still a really good Mike team. Mike Malone's a boss. I love, I love Mike Malone. He's been, he's been great. Um, did you know he's uh, DeMarcus Cousins' favorite coach of all time? 
No surprise. He's been and looking. They had the so him and Malone had the best relationship, and they're about to turn the whole franchise around. And they, they fired, fired Malone him they fired overnight. Him. Yeah, they love the Kings. Love doing that. Um, but they're sitting at third right now. Jokic's MVP case has been as strong as it's been all season. Oh, I mean, it's He's, at this point, if he just doesn't sit out, it's over. There's people calling for it, right? There's people calling for it. Um, I think ESPN does a bunch of those like mock things too the, with the, the, the power with the real people, the power rankings, have, right? But this one, uh, the one guy legit did a mock one, like where all the voters got a chance to do like a oh, mock. Wh- oh wow, okay. And it was a slap, bro. It was like wow. like like Jokic cleaned house. Deservedly so. Um, even players from other teams are tweeting, uh, mainly the European guys, but they're tweeting uh, Jokic for MVP. Um, that would be crazy for Europe, for Europe, and for the big men. When have we seen, the last time we saw a big man win MVP has been it's been Tim a while. Duncan, Shaq, Tim, Shaq early two thousands. Yeah, Shaq definitely won an MVP. That's I don't know which big one. Kevin Garnett won in the early two thousands. I don't know uh, Dirk. Maybe the last guess, one in yeah. twenty. I don't even know when or something in the early 2010s, maybe. Um, maybe that's the last uh, big man that won a that won an MVP. But the Nuggets just look like a great team. I'm hoping that that's not just a play. Uh, uh, sorry, a regular season team. Yeah, I don't know how you feel about the Nuggets if they're going to be just a regular season team or a playoff team. Unfortunately, I do think they're going to be a regular season team yeah. only because at the end of the day, you still don't have Jamal Murray, who last year in the bubble was out of his mind like bananas, like. He put up 50 points three times in the playoffs. Yeah. Um, Jokic is a lot better than he was last year. Michael Porter is a year older. Uh, so I do see a lot of value there. Yeah. But unfortunately, just with the way the conference is laid out, like they're going to have to go up. I think they're sitting three right now. Mm-hmm. So they're going to go up against the Clippers again in the second but in the second round, right? Yeah. Uh, last year, they came back from 3-1 against the Clippers. I don't think that that happens again this year. Mm-hmm. If the Clippers go up again 3-1, which I think the Clippers are better this year than last year because they, they had lot. Rondo. They learned a lot. And there, Rondo man. has transformed that team. So I think they are better than, than last year. Yeah. Uh, and I don't see them giving up a 3-1 lead with the roster that they have right now. Mm-hmm. I mean, I could be wrong. Pro- people probably said that last year. We can never see it. But without Jamal Murray being going up in the West, it's tough. I think they'll maybe win the first round, but... You don't think that Michael, Michael Porter? You don't. You don't think Michael Porter Jr. can make a big enough impact to? And keep in mind, they have Aaron Gordon as well. So they've got they've got a seasoned veteran there in there as well. Who's never been to the playoffs? Never been. To, uh, no, he's been. Uh, Who's never won a playoff? Never, never won a playoff series. Sure, but you've got guys who have won playoff series and have been de- in Look, play, deep playoff I don't, runs. I don't think it's Michael Porter Jr. What I will tell you is, we brought up names like Austin Rivers and Compazzo. I don't think those guys are going to be factors come playoff time. Really? And, I think those guys will be the factors come in playoff a seven, time. I don't know. I think in a seven-game series, I don't see Composo in his first ever NBA playoff run at 30 years old no. being a factor. Like It hit, kind of like reminds me of J.J. Barea, but J.J. Barea was been in the league for like five, six years yeah, up until that been, run where he had the, the great run with Dallas when they won. I think it hits different when you're an older rookie, especially a 30-year-old rookie. I yeah. think... The the experience that you already have definitely does come and come and, and plays a factor. I think Austin Rivers has played big minutes in big playoff games, especially with, uh, most recently with Houston, uh, along with alongside with the Clippers, James, too. and with the Clippers. So, I think if anything, those are going to be the guys. I'm not saying those guys are going to be stars, but those guys might be the X factors and might be the guys to really push you and help you over the edge. The Denver Nuggets have a great team, um, one through five, one through seven, one through eight. You bring in guys off the bench; they're great. They've got size. Um, I know Jamal is a huge loss for them, a guy that they, they depend on you know, immensely. immensely, right? So um, it's a huge loss. 
but I think you are slightly underrating them. I think they can take the Clippers. Um, I think they. I, I don't think it's going to be a, a slap of a series. Mm-hmm. I think it's going to be like a six or seven game series. But I definitely think they could get the nod. Um, and back to my point, the last seven footer to win an MVP. I don't think Giannis is seven feet. I think he's what six eleven. I'm not going to give him that big man title. Really, mm-hmm. he's not really a big man. Uh, Dirk Nowitzki, 2007. Yeah. So that's 13 and years ago. One one more thing too to add with big men is if you really think about it, big men don't sell even like outside of Shaquille O'Neal. No. Like it doesn't sell. But right now you have two of the top guys. I'd I'd really love to see next year. Embiid's gonna be in a lot of commercials. I feel like Jokic's oh, probably see. selling crazy in Serbia. <laughs> uh, but listen, we're we're already over tons of time, so I think I want to just want to say one thing before we end. Yeah. Um. Shout out to the Phoenix freaking Suns. Yeah, man. Wow. No, eclipsing unexpected. right now the mark for the best record in the NBA. Uh, this is uh, as miraculous as it gets. Phoenix has been the laughing stock of the NBA for the last like decade plus. Yeah, um, last year in the bubble, they came and they they went eight and zero, and everyone's like, okay, this team is, you know, they've grown, they're serious, and now you look at Chris Paul, yeah, Chris Paul with that team. But what I want to look at is the young core man of Cam Johnson, Mikael Bridges, and uh, DeAndre Ayton, and those guys are here to stay. They're young, they're gamers, and I'm just I'm excited for the playoffs just so I can see Phoenix play. Well, Bridges, they're I think he's a restricted free agent at the end of the season. Already? Uh, I th- I don't know if it was this year or if it's next year, but I, I saw it must be this year because I saw a report saying he can ask for twenty million a year. So contract season bridges, you know, it could be. I don't know. I'd have to look um, at that. He's so young. He's so he is so young. Yeah. But uh, th- there was a report yeah, about one that. thing I, I want to say about season. bridges is a funny uh, draft story before we end it. But he is from Philly. His mom worked for the Sixers. Yeah, and the Sixers actually drafted him tenth overall, and he was hyped. Started making living arrangements, and 10 minutes later, he got traded to Phoenix. Back when Phoenix was trash, he was upset. Freaking fast forward three years, he's been, he's like the the main guy in transforming this team. He's definitely still on a rookie deal. He's not not a a restricted free agent until 2022, so next season. Yeah, so uh, him, Cam Johnson, uh, and there's another name I'm missing, but also DeAndre Ian. I just, I love, I love that whole team Chris Paul, Devin Booker, Monty Williams, Williams James Jones, everything about that organization. I'm just, but shout out to CP, CP making an MVP case in his, what, 15th, 16th year in the league. Yeah, he's proven that he can go to teams and turn them around, and 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 you know he he had mentioned bet on yourself, he had mentioned slow grind. Um, so what we've seen from CP the yeah, last he few years, Freddie. yeah, shout out Freddie and Isaiah Thomas. But what we've, what we've seen from CP the last few years, I know before he reached the Thunder and he had played with with Houston, he was getting a lot of hate as being a little bit of a dirty player, a little bit of a. Uh, you know, um, not a winner, not a winner, whatever it may be. But I think he's turned all that around, honestly. Definitely, you know, you can really you can put them up there in the MVP race, especially because they're first in the West, first in the league. Um, I would toss them in there. I don't. I don't think I'll give him the edge over Jokic, to be honest. Definitely not. Or even um, Embiid. Or even Embiid. Uh, yeah, not over, not over Embiid. Debatable. I think you can debate it. I will put him at number three as well. Um, but shout out that team, and that team is yep. making making noise. Absolutely. And uh, with that being said, ladies and gentlemen, uh, jam packed episode today. Mm-hmm. So I hope you guys enjoy it. Uh, you know where to find us, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, Insta, Facebook, and Twitter. Wherever you go, like the pictures, you can find us. We are brought to you by the Ball is Life Podcast Network, and we will come at you guys next.